James's Saturday Show. Fantastic classics, artist interviews, and brand new music. James's Saturday Show on IndieLive.Radio. Tell me a wee bit about the album. Um, I've obviously had a listen to it and I've played a couple of tracks um, on the radio show. Um, what kind of inspired you to, you know, take these traditional songs and put that twist on them? So I've probably liked Scottish songs since I was in primary school, which was a long time ago. Um, but you don't really hear them unless uh, maybe in folk clubs, or I don't even know if there are folk clubs anymore. Um, but I kind of felt that uh, since I'm more into a sort of jazzier vein, mm -hmm. I felt that a lot of them could lend themselves to being kind of jazzed up and maybe brought to different audiences. Yeah. You know, kind of trying to bring them a bit to life again. Because, I mean, the stories are all relevant. You know, it's mm -hmm. all unrequited love or, you know, <laughs> he's done me wrong or whatever. Do you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's all human stories. And, and they're all such lovely tunes. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. Yeah. I must admit, it was... When when you first contacted us about it, um, and you know you were like traditional songs with a jazz twist, and I was thinking to myself, well, I wonder how this is going to work out, you know? Because I I played in a Cayley band, um, so we did a lot of traditional music, um, and I just you know to begin with I couldn't get my head around you know how you could make it you know sort of jazzy as it were, um, but once I listened to it, I thought you know what this is actually quite inspired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm fortunate in being able to work with some wonderful musicians. I mean, Ewan Stevenson, who uh, plays piano, uh, was also my co-arranger and mm -hmm. uh, kind of musical director for the whole project. Uh, so, I mean, you're tapping into all their, you know, imagination yeah. as well, you know. But, but I know what you mean. I mean, it could have been quite cheesy. You know, I've heard, I mean, over the years, people have done different ones, you know, and you get like, by young and Barney Banks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, that's not, I mean, that's fine if that's what you like, but that's not really what I wanted to do. I mean, I did mm. want to make them kind of fresh. Um, so, yeah. Because <laughs> to me, it kind of falls into this, uh, ever since 2014, there's been a real kind of rise within Scottish artists, um, you know, want to do something different. So you've got uh, people like Iona Fife, who does all her songs in Scots and had this fight with Spotify to get them to recognise Scots as a language. Um, and it just seems to me personally um, that the whole 2014 uh, independence referendum, although it ultimately didn't work out, um, for those that wanted it to work out, it did kind of spring forth this new creativity with Scottish artists. I don't know if you've found that. I think also um, it's kind of getting over the Scottish cringe, mm. you know, getting over the idea that we're not good enough or like yeah. oh, well, our music. You know, Scots inhabit the world. You know, the Scottish diaspora, as they call it, you know, yeah. is everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and our culture, oh, sorry, I, I am a fan. I am a Scottish patriot. No, that's um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the right station to be on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's great that people are uh, kind of rediscovering and 
reinventing and reimagining Scottish mm. culture and, and you know, un uncovering old genes. Yeah. Saying, yeah. This is who they are, and you know it is still relevant and, and it is valid and important. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I um I remember when I was a wee lad, yeah, growing up, my mum and my gran singing, you know, those kind of songs, um, you know, and other people at family get together singing that kind of song, and I'd kind of like yourself, I'd kind of thought it had got lost in the midst of time, and a few years ago, um, my nephew's wife. Um, had a wee baby girl, and uh, we were down, but well, I was down visiting. I say we using the royal. We was down visiting them, and she was sitting and she was singing these songs, which obviously she'd learned, you know, from her gran and stuff like that. And I just thought, so it's still happening, you know. Maybe not the way that it was, but it's still happening, and it's great yeah. that that keeps going, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had a a project which unfortunately didn't come to fruition. Um, I had a, a friend, sadly no longer with us, was a, a very good hip-hop artist. And we could never get the timing right. And the plan was that we would do um, a wee album um, and I would do a uh, likes of stuff from the Rat Pack, so Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and he would put a hip-hop spin onto it as well, um, uh, which I thought would be a great you know, project, but uh, unfortunately, we never actually managed to to get it together, and he's no longer with us now. So, I don't well, think that'll ever happen. <laughs> you're, you're still here, and you're still here. Yeah. And actually, I saw something that Creative Scotland were doing something, and it was about um, hip hop. So maybe there's a uh, an opportunity for you still. Well, possibly. I love all the, all the I love Frank Sinatra and all the. Yeah. Possibly, I have a. There's a hip hop artist who I was introduced to, um, a, a guy in America, Joel ID, um, and we've actually interviewed him um, for the show. Um, so maybe it'd be worthwhile having a wee chat with him and seeing if maybe we yeah. can get something together, you know, because I, I love uh, all types of music, you know, um, and I, I never. I never see any kind of music as rubbish, you know, even if it's not really to my taste, I can always find something in it. Uh -huh. um, and I think to appreciate music, you have to do that. You have to look past the bits that you don't like and yeah. see, you know, I mean, I remember when punk came out, you know, and it, 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 it was, it was very grating on you, you know, really raw. Um, but when you actually sat and you listened to it, it, it was very appropriate for the time. You know, with, with the anger of the youth and stuff like yeah. that, and I, I, I know I'm getting on a bit now, but I kind of still feel that I've got that kind of youthful anger at times. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. I think I think it was Duke Ellington that said, or was it Miles Davis? One of them. Uh, there's only uh, two types of music: good music and the other kind. Because uh, <laughs> it is. But is it, you know, everybody wants you know, all the distribution services mm -hmm. and everybody wants you to put your music in a bag these days. You know, it's got to be, it's got to be, it's jazz or it's folk or yeah. it's, you know, it's hip hop or whatever. And, you know, music is music. Mm -hmm. and you can't like it all, but you, as you say, you can admire the artistry or that, you know, the effort. If somebody's put yeah. some effort into something, even if it's not to your taste, you can say, well, you know, good good on you, you you've, you've done your yeah and one of the things that i try to do with my show is is to play as much different music 
uh, as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, and I do get quite a lot of really nice comments from people who are listening, you know, um, saying, you know, oh, I never thought I would hear, hear such and such, you know, playing after or before, you know, something else. Um, and as I say, you know, and I say to them, well, you know, it's, it is my goal in life to try and be as unique as possible with how I'm selecting my music. Um, and that is why I'm always putting out shouts, you know, for new artists um, to, to send us stuff, you know, and we can listen to it. It might not be appropriate for my show because it's 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning until 1 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but one of my colleagues, Dave, does a show at 9 o'clock on a Wednesday night, so it's probably might fit in there. You know, I'm thinking in terms of it's got a lot, a lot of swear words in it, but yeah, yeah. Be, because we, we're not, re, because we're an internet-based radio station, we don't really have to follow the same rules, um, you know, that are set out for the, the major radio stations um, in terms of, you know, you can't have swearing, you know, before six in the evening or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so... There are times, I do try to avoid it, but there are times when, you know, I play a track and the sweaty words start coming out and I think, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, I, I've always believed that if it's integral to whatever it is, you know, that it's, it's in, so whether it's a song or whether it's TV or whether it's movies, if it's integral to the actual story that's being told, I think it should be included regardless. It's like going to see Billy Connolly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You without those swear words. I, I know. <laughs> It'd be a lot shorter. <laughs> I, I must admit, I, I'd, I've, I've seen him a few times, um, you know, and, and I was actually quite fortunate to, to work with him um, oh, wow. on, on one occasion. Um, he, he was making a film with Liam Neeson called The Big Man. Oh, yes. Um, and I was one of the small part background uh, artist in it um, but he was an absolute great guy you know and an ultimate professional they'd have a break in the filming and he'd be cracking jokes you know right left and centre with everybody around about and then they would call you know for action to film the next scene and click of the fingers he was in the character that he was playing you know and I remember thinking to myself that is a quality quality actor and even mm. though he was still pretty much more known at that time you know for his his stage stuff um so yeah, yeah. but it, i mean it's i think um when you're an artist i think you, you have to kind of experience or try as many different things as possible um so uh, and i think the same is true for musicians um it's very easy to be labelled, you know, a, a pop singer or a rock singer. Um, and you can make a great living, you know, from doing that. But personally, I feel that you should be looking to try and stretch yourself a little bit. And I like artists that do that. How about, how about you? That was another, that was another thing um, around, I mean, I don't know if you've been able to listen to my first, al my first album. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I like when you take music from different genres Mm. Out of that, just you know, let's let's take it in a different direction. Like on oh, my first album, I've got Wichita Lineman, yeah. which is considered a country, just such a beautiful, beautiful song, and also uh, Sandy Denny's "Who Knows Where the Time Goes," mm. you know, again a folk song. But we've got a, a down to the band more 
than anything, but you know, we've got beautiful arrangements. And it's again with um, my Scottish heart, you know, you kind of think a lot, a lot of times if you say to folk, oh, I sing jazz, you know, the eyes kind of glaze over and they're like, oh, I don't like jazz, you know, <laughs> because they're thinking it's all some kind of free form. Yeah. Um, you know, it's John Coltrane being really out there, which, you know, that's not to everybody's taste. But um, just this idea of, uh, you know, breaking the boundaries and, you know, and I, I hope, sorry, I'm losing myself now, uh, you know, like, the, the great American songbook is fantastic, but it's been yeah. done so many times and it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to find new ways to do that. Um, so it was kind of finding material that can be done in different ways as well. That's another reason behind my Scottish heart. Yeah. I mean, I also, American songbook, but wanted yeah. to do something different. I, I must admit, I really like the, the album title as well. Um, I think it uh, really sums up um, and also, it might <laughs> sound a little bit cheeky, this, but it might entice people into it, thinking that it is something slightly different. Well, it's know? very personal to me. I mean, it is. I cho I've chosen all the songs, and I've written one of them, and I set one of them to music. Uh, the rest are all traditional uh, that we've reinvented. But I, you know, I do want to appeal to the diaspora. Mm. I would love to be going to Canada or wherever uh, and, and performing these. And the actual, the title track, My Scottish Heart, I mean, it is about the Scottish clearances. Yeah. Which I hadn't planned that. I always knew the album was going to be called My Scottish Heart and I always planned to write a song. That's mm -hmm. And I, I was writing this song for, gosh, it must have been going on for about two years, but it kept coming out as like all oh, the silvery salmon are swimming up the <laughs> The heathery hills and you know all the things I love about Scotland, but it was so twee, you know. And I thought, oh, this yeah. is And then I had a coffee with a friend one day, and I was telling her about it. And I was saying, you know, I want it to be about you know loving Scotland, and oh gosh, what would it be like if you had to leave and all that? And then before I knew it, <laughs> I hadn't planned to write, but the clearances. But I went home and mm. I started writing what turned out to be about the the Scottish clearances, which has always been a period that really touches me because I just think it was such a, a hard time in Scotland's history, you know. Yeah, it, it seems to be providing a, quite a lot of inspiration at the moment for, for artists, um, you know, who are, are either naturally born Scots or who are further afield. Um, there's a guy in Cape Breton in Canada, Steve McIntyre, who I played oh, on on the show and I've interviewed him for the show. Sorry. Is he blues and roots? Um, no, he, he's pretty much uh, writes in a traditional Scottish style. Oh right, so um, he's not a radio presenter then. No, 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 no. I'll, he's I'll uh, with somebody else. Yeah, no, he's uh, and he's written some really great stuff. Um, and quite a lot of it is sort of around about the sort of island clearances, and he. He did want. He did write a song, um, and I played it on on my show. And for me, it's it's very much like um, the uh, Loch Lomond song. You know, um, it's called Highland Promise. is is the name of the song, and it's about a, a Highlander who's at a Culloden. All right. Um, you know, and it's just it's, it's such a lovely song. You know, that's kind of relating to. A pretty bloody 
uh, incident, you know, but it's it's this Highlander who's writ- written this letter to his wife or his girlfriend or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful piece of music. Um, I keep I, I on... Think, sorry, I was going to say also, I think um, Outlander has been such a popular series, particularly in America, Canada and North America. Um, and I think that's kind of opened up people's... Yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny, actually, talking about Outlander, because I kept hearing people talking about this show. I, I'm not a great one um, for, for TV and, and film and stuff like that, unless it's sport-related. <laughs> and I kept hearing people talking about this show, Outlander, Outlander, Outlander. And I think it was probably into maybe the third or the fourth series before I decided to start watching the first scenes. And I must admit, I really enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, if you want to pick holes in it, you can. Um, but it's just an escapism, I know. you know? And it's, it's really good, and it's a wonderful cast, you know? Yeah, but I wonder if it maybe appeals more to the ladies. <laughs> well, that's obviously because of like Sam. He's gonna he's gonna appeal to the ladies, you know. But um but it is it's a super story. Yeah, and I mean I mean it's maybe not completely historically accurate, but yeah, um, yeah, no, but but it's just that idea that um what is it, you know, Game of Thrones and all that has done Mm. an awful lot for women has it done a lot for Ireland, I'm not sure. But you know, it's just people come to Scotland looking for the Outlander tour now, you know. Yeah. I, I was actually reading something earlier this morning um, about the National Trust and Culloden, and one of the things that they did mention, and it was the fact that they do get a lot of the people who are fans of Outlander come uh-huh. up to Culloden, and obviously there were bits filmed, you know, there as well. So, you know, they, they come to look at it. But then, by the same token, there are people go to Lus because they take the high road. Oh, my goodness. On the the TV, you know, many years ago. So I think it's back on the telly, actually. It could well (laughs) be. (laughs) It could well be. (laughs) But But, I mean. Stop you talking about Steve McIntyre. I've written down his name because I have a personal ambition that I would love somebody to sing one of my songs. (laughs) Maybe he'd like my Scottish heart. (laughs) You never never know. You never know. Um, So. Back to you and music. Um, you don't have to, to give away your age or anything like that, but I take it you've been in the business for quite a long time. Well, kind of in and out. I mean, I've been singing since as far as I can remember. I mean, I can remember at the age of four uh, being at a holiday camp in Arbroath mm. and uh, there was a talent show and my dad taking me up by the hand to the stage and me singing when Irish eyes are smiling, <laughs> which I used, to, I used to get trotted out at family parties to sing this, and everybody would greet. So I thought, uh, oh, nice music makes you cry. I still mm. think nice music makes you cry. Um, but I've not really been a professional all that long um, because I, I sang in choirs for a long time. I didn't really sing on my own until maybe 16 years ago now. I did, um, might be longer actually. Um, I went to some jazz vocal workshops and it wasn't even particularly that I wanted to sing jazz. It was just an opportunity to kind of find my own voice. And mm-hmm. I mean, I used to sing when I was drunk, you know, <laughs> but, but, so, um, 
I started doing these. I kind of got hooked on the workshops. I used to go mm -hmm. to all the workshops. And then I started going to wee open mics. Uh, there used to be a good jazz open mic in Glasgow in what was the Universal Bar. Um, and then I started doing wee gigs and then sort of mega gigs. So, I mean, I've not really... It's always been alongside my day yeah. job. Mm -hmm. But it's only really... Well, you get to the point where you think, well, if I'm not... I've always wanted to bring out an album, you know, and if, mm -hmm. if, I'm, if I'm going to do it, I have to do it, you know. So that was 2018, I brought out my first album. And I think somewhere along the line, I, I found that the wee kind of ditties that I'd been writing, I could actually turn into songs as well. So I've got some originals on the first album as well. Mm -hmm. So, and it is, as you say, you know, thank you for not asking my age, but, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not a spring chicken, as they say. <laughs> Uh, so it is that way. I'm kind of trying to do as much as I can, you know, yeah. as quickly as I can, um, which has been helped, obviously, in the past uh, year and a half. Mm -hmm. We've all been suffering. Uh, so, uh, yeah, got lots yeah. of other ideas. I've got My Scottish Heart 2 in mind. <laughs> right, good, good. So you mentioned that you write um, material as well. Um, I, I've got a, a really good old pal who writes some wonderful stuff um yeah. and he, i don't know if you do this um but he, he always carries a notebook with him um and he, he might be sitting you know like in a bar or on a bus or whatever and he'll overhear a snippet of conversation that'll pique his interest and he'll make a note of it yeah. and then you know at some point you know he'll go up you'll go through all of these things and you'll pick out the ones where he thinks he can craft a song from. And that's yeah. kind of where he draws his, his ideas and inspiration from. And I was just wondering, you know, what kind of inspired you when you were going to write? So, um, well, I do that as well, but it, it tends to be the bits are all over the place, you know, different things. <laughs> I started using my iPad because you can use right. your notes app and mm. I write things in there, but it's... Um, I think at the right time they kind of come together but also if i'm out particularly if i'm out in the country or whatever and um, i get ideas for tunes you know for melodies yeah. so i'll put them into my phone mm. so some of them turn into songs and some of them are waiting <laughs> all right so would you say then that the melody comes first most of the time or would it be the lyric uh it's hard to say. I mean, often when I get a, a, a wee melody, it'll maybe have some words attached to it. Mm. You know, just a, a thought kind of a thing. Um, I don't know. I don't really have... People always look at that, you know, you, I go on, I've been in quite a few songwriting workshops and, you know, people talk about their their kind of processes. And, mm. um, yeah. Probably the tune first. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I know from other musicians and singers that I've spoken with, um, it's quite a, a variety of answers to that. You know, yeah, there yeah. are those who, it, it is all about the music first and foremost, and then there are others who write, in inverted commas, a poem, um, yeah. and then it gets set to, to music, you know. Yeah. And it's, I think it's always interesting, you know, how people, you know, kind of get that process going. I know for myself, um, it would probably be the music that would come to me first, um, you know, and then I don't know if I would be able to write the lyric, but, you know, somebody could maybe put a lyric to it. Um, 
But I've, in all honesty, I've never attempted to write a song. I do write, but I've never attempted to write a song or, or even a poem, for that matter. <laughs> yeah. Never but, seen um, ever. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, there was a time when I would probably have not thought, you know, that I would do this, you know, from home. <laughs> to, to go on the radio. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, worked in, I've worked in various different radio scenarios over the years as well. Um, so, you know, radio is not a stranger to me. Um, but the, the, the strangeness was when everybody got locked down and we were taken out of, you know, our physical studio. Um, and it's quite interesting that we, we actually, we have a regular weekly meeting um, with the people at Indie Line Radio. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, you know, the possibility of getting another physical studio to work in. And I think I was the only person that said, yeah, I want to go back into the studio. <laughs> Everyone else was uh, like, you know, oh, no, I quite like doing this from home. <laughs> so why, why did you want to get back into the studio? Well, I, I really enjoy being in the studio. Um, and also... Part of the, what I used to do before the whole lockdown um, was I'd have people would come in, you know, artists would come into the studio and chat with me. Um, and on occasion, you know, they would maybe do a wee kind of acoustic thing. Um, although I'm working on a way that I might be able to get around that by using Zoom. Um, oh, okay. So got to do a couple of wee tests um, to make sure, because the one thing that you've got to be very careful of when you're doing something like that over Zoom is that you don't get any extraneous echoes, um, you know, when you're recording it. So, and the latency. Yeah, I mean, it, when cause, because I do my show live, even though, you know, I'm, I'm doing it from home, um, there is a 20-second delay yeah. between, like, me speaking just now and then it going out through the radio. Um, so I've got to keep that in my mind, you know. Um, not so, it's not so bad at the beginning of a broadcast because I can always slot something in, you know, that I can hit play 20 seconds before 10 o'clock. Um, and as soon as 10 o'clock hits on the radio output, it plays it. Um, yeah. It's more towards the end of a show that it can be a wee bit problematical, you know, when you're trying to fit in the final track or whatever the case may be, you know. Okay. So I've got to do a wee bit of testing on that. I'm hoping that I'll be able to work it because um, if, I, if I can get it to work, I've got a whole load of people uh, <laughs> lined up that I can, you know, I can do that with because yeah. I do, I, as well as my Saturday show, I do a country music show on a Thursday oh. night. Uh-huh on the radio and um oh, well you can play which at all <laughs> I, yeah um i've actually played that a couple of times uh, but the glenn campbell version yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but I, i've got some uh, some bands a uh, country bands and singers that are quite interested in doing it live through zoom you know so the idea is that we turn it into like a, a sort of one-off special um with this artist and they'll perform some of their stuff and then they'll choose what other music, you know, um, we, we do through the night. Yeah. You know, so it would be pretty much the same as if they were coming into the studio uh, to be with uh, me, but it's all getting done virtually. Well, that makes it nice. Yeah. So, um, have you always been involved in radio then? Uh, well, I've been involved in radio for, oh God, 
Must be about 20 odd years, maybe a wee bit more than that. Um, like a lot of people, I started out with the hospital radio. Right. Um, uh-huh. And I fell into that um, because somebody I know, um, it was actually Victoria Hospital in uh, Kirkcaldy. Um, they were looking for people to do shows. Um, so I went along and it was the first time I'd ever, ever done anything like that. Um, and it was a proper, you know, record decks, eight-track carts, you uh-huh. know, for adverts yeah. and stuff like that. You know, real right. old school. Um, and I did that for, for a while um, alongside, you know, my performing with the Cayley Band and stuff. And then I, d- I did a, a stint at Scott FM. Okay. Um, where I was on what they call the graveyard shift which is kind of like two o'clock in the morning to, to six o'clock in the morning. Um, so I would often come from a gig straight to the radio studio and <laughs> do that as well. Um, but I'd also done other things, you know, radio type stuff. And I, I, I went to college to get some qualifications in radio and stuff like that. Oh, so, so do you know John Collins then? John Collins? Um, I don't know. I might do if I've seen him he te- he's oh he's been in radio for years and he teaches radio as well. Whereabouts? Uh, well, he taught at what was Reed Care, and I, I'm not sure where he's teaching now. Somewhere in Glasgow. Ah, uh, right. But no, he does a load of shows. Uh, no, it was a, it was a college in Fife, um, oh, the okay. College that I did the the radio oh, stuff. Right. So you're and, from- I, well, no, I'm from Glasgow, but uh, oh. at that time I was married and my ex-wife was from there and we were living up there. Um, but back then, of course, everything was recorded on magnetic tape. So when you edited things, you know, you'd cut bits of tape out and put them to one side. And, you know, it's great now when you do it all you know, digitally. Probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what did you play in the band? What is it you um, Well, I, I, I played guitar, um, mm-hmm. not particularly well, but I, I did play guitar. But I taught myself how to play the bowring. Oh, right, okay. Um, and I could knock out a couple of tunes on a penny whistle. Um, okay. But uh, I was I was more really singing, you know, and predominantly uh, the sort of second vocalist in the, in the band to the, the lead okay. singer. Um, but then I, I went out on my own, you know, and I was doing the... It wasn't like a, a tribute, uh, you know, trying to be Frank Sinatra or that, but I was doing a show which was based around the rap pack and their type oh, of music. Good for you. You know, um, so I did that and I did it on the cruise ships. Oh, um, wow. Which was, which was really good. <laughs> so, you know. You should write a few stories about that. <laughs> <clears throat> it's funny you should say that because earlier on this one, <laughs> I was just finishing off a book because another thing that I do with Indie Live Radio is I do interviews with authors um, oh, right. as a podcast. Um, and I was just finishing up a book uh, from a guy that I'm hoping to line up to, to interview. Um, and it was a terrific book. And it got me thinking again about, you know, getting back to doing some more writing. Because um, I've had this book idea, um, and it's been on the back burner forever now. Um, it, it's it's a sports book. Um, it's, about, it's about three players who played for a certain football club in Glasgow. Um, they weren't there for a great length of time, but they embedded themselves. <laughs> they embedded themselves into the support of the day. So I've got, and in fact, one of them um, 
was the uh, the father of Gil Scott Heron. Oh yes, hi. Yeah. Um, so, so I know, I know what club you mean then. <laughs> yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying not to mention it. You know? <laughs> well, I also know you said it in the so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so, just. Program about uh, Gil Scott Heron. Uh, well, actually, about his father recently on the radio. Yeah. It's yeah. quite an interesting story, that. Well, I only found out about it um, because uh, when we all used to be able to go to football, um, there was an old guy sat next to me. Um, sadly, again, he's no longer with us. Um, but at half time and before the games, he used to talk to me, you know, and tell me about, you know, some of the older players that, you know, he had watched and stuff. And that kind of piqued my interest. Um, and for quite a long time there, I've been doing little bits and bobs to it, you know, um, but I should really give it some time, you know, and, and, and really work on it. But I'm so busy at the moment, it's unreal. But it's giving yourself a deadline, isn't it? So yeah. If I do so many chapters by such and such a date, you know? Yeah. But I, I suppose in a way it's a bit like, you know, when you're writing songs, you know, um, or when you're going into the court, you know, you need to have a, a, a fixed period of time because every, everything, you know, costs money. Um, so if you're, if you're going into a studio to record, it costs money to get into the studio to record. Yeah. And then all the other bits and bobs, you know, that go oh, along yes, with everything. it. And, yes. But, anyway, we do it because we love it. <laughs> well, I, I, I honestly, well, maybe superstars, you know, of the music business might do it purely for the money um, nowadays. But I always like to think that anybody, you know, who's involved in any kind of artistic endeavour they do it because they love it yeah. you know and and the the financial rewards are great when you get them but if you're not getting them that's not really the be all and end all of it you know I think of the the people who spend years and years you know singing in pubs and clubs brilliant musicians brilliant singers they never ever get hit records you know or anything like that but it doesn't make them any less than no. the people that do you know hit it you know, I know you just want to reach an audience, and if you can make them move them in some way, you know. Yeah, absolutely. No, as you you were saying there, you know about singing. You know, when Irish eyes are smiling, you know, and people, you know, having a wee tear in their eye and stuff like that. That's the to me, that's the best payment. You know, when know, when you get some I, sort of great I reaction. Know. I still want people to greet when I can. Especially music lovers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, mm. that's it. It's about connecting with people, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, and as you say, unfortunately, because of the whole COVID thing, um, you know, it's it, it's been a real downer for people. Yeah. Now it's starting to ease off, thankfully. Um, I, I was reading recently of... Uh, a couple of gigs that are coming up um, that are going to be indoors, but, you know, there might only be like maybe 100 people or, you know, 100 plus people there just because of the, you know, the need for distancing and stuff like that. But there's quite a lot of outdoor things starting to happen again, um, which is, is really good. Um, and I think everybody needs it. Obviously, the musicians need it, you know, because they're going to start earning again. But I think the public need it as well um, yeah, yeah. To, to be able to get out there and meet with others. Yeah, as Which, long as we're safe, as long as we're all safe. 
Well, that's uh, at the end of the day, you know. Um, so just in sort of conclusion then, uh, if you were being asked to give some advice to an up-and-coming young singer or someone who was thinking that they wanted to be a professional uh, musician, is there anything in particular that you would advise them? I think one, the main thing is find your own voice. Um, you know, when I first started going in jazz workshops, I thought, oh, I'm going to sing like Billie Holiday. And then you get the guest because you think, well, I don't actually sound like Billie Holiday. And then you kind of come through the other end and think, well, I sound like me. Nobody else mm. sounds like me. So, I mean, it's very, I, I know some fantastic singers that like maybe sound like Amy Winehouse. And you mm. think, well, we had it. We had Amy Winehouse. Yeah. What do you really sound like? And I want to say to oh stop, you know, take away the filters, bring mm. yourself out. So I think that's it. And it's hard because yeah. you you, you you know, you talk about Frank Sinatra, you know, and it's like uh, you know, we all want to sound like our heroes, you know, that's the music that we've listened to. Mm. But um nobody's really heard you, you know. Yeah. So find yeah. your find, Find your own voice and trust trust that it will be good enough, you know. Hmm. That's that's actually pretty sound advice, I have to say. <laughs> usually it's taken me a while, you know. You <laughs> usually, you know, usually it's a more sort of business type advice that people give, you know, to you know, avoid sharks and you know, dodgy agents and all that kind of thing. Um, but no, that, that's uh, pretty good. I like that. Yeah, find your own voice. That's, that's really good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just briefly again, before we, we actually have to finish up, uh, you'd see my Scottish heart, number two, possibly might be, <laughs> be going to happen. Um, I'm assuming that um, the first one uh, is going to be available for people to go to stores to buy, or is it just purely something that they would need to buy on the internet? Both, uh, from the 6th uh, of August, it will be on all the digital sites, mm. um, but it will also be available for sale as a CD. You're right, yeah. And um, you can get that either through Bandcamp or Amazon, but don't go there because I don't get much money, uh, <laughs> or, or directly from me. <laughs> You're right. Cool, cool. And that way I get all the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're quite right. Um, I don't see why, you know, other people should be benefiting on the back of you when I you're know. putting in all the work. You I know, know. But, but also you know, people say, oh, do you need CDs now? But the number of folk that do still play CDs mm -hmm. and yeah. actually the number, uh, quite a lot of radio presenters still want CDs. Yeah. And so. I, I, I certainly, in the car, I tend to listen to CDs. Um, more than sort of, you know, plugging in my phone or something like that. Um, but ideally, I would love to go back to vinyl. I looked into that. Do you know, I'd mm. have loved, I would have loved to have had some vinyl. I was looking to, into, you know, what was the shortest run that you could do and all mm. that. It's just so expensive. Yeah. You know, unless yeah. you were guaranteed to sell a certain amount, you know, cover your costs. Yeah. Like, I know what you mean. It would yeah. be nice. <laughs> I must admit, one of the biggest things that I miss from a musical perspective, is being able to go into the record store as you used to do, and you went into a wee booth and you put on a pair of headphones oh, and you right, listened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an I old fogey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was the lifting up the album and then reading it and all that. I mean, I think yeah. that's 
I mean, obviously there was that as well. It was mine. I've got a wee booklet with some of the information about the Mm -hmm. track. So I I like that. It's not as Uh, much as I liked on there, but never mind. Well, it's all about size, isn't it? You know, (laughs) and the space that, you know, you've got to write these things into. Uh, But um, so all the best for the launch. Uh, A week on Friday. Um, So I shall keep my eyes out eyes open for that. I'll play this on the show on Saturday and obviously we'll play uh, a couple more tracks um, as well. But you're going to edit it, are you? Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll edit it, you know, but I, I don't, there won't be a massive amount of edit on it. I like it to sound as natural as possible, um, you know, as if we were actually doing it live. So, so Saturday I'll tune in for that. Right, Excellent. well, Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me and uh, all the best with the album. Thank you. Okay, so how do you get in touch with me here at the Saturday Show? Well, it's very, very simple. You can tweet me at JE Saturday Show or at Indie Live Radio. You can send me a message to our page on Facebook, Indie Live Radio. Why not join us on the Discord chat live during the show? Go to the website, indialive.radio, and sign up to the Discord chat channel. You can text the show, 07849 162 250. That's 07849 162 250. You can email me at the show, and if you are a musical artist, singer, band, etc., you email james.saturdayshow at gmail.com with a sample of your music, and uh, we can arrange to have it played on air for you. We have our own Facebook page, and uh, any interviews a new artist that i will be featuring will be posted up on there also james's saturday show fantastic classics artist interviews and brand new music james's saturday show on indie